Monsoon, everybody. We're uh, very grateful that our friends at Def M Records All Stars did our intro music. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm not too bad. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's some good music, know what I mean? I, <laughs> it is some wonderful music, know what I mean? <laughs> well, if you haven't guessed now, we're going to be talking about something special today. Well, so near episode, and dear to my heart. The episode title is going to be Know What I Mean. So, oh, okay. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Well, there's an interesting quote. Is there? Yes. Uh, done by a man that helped create this character. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting. It, it's that old Southern stereotype of people in denim vests who are constantly reciting lines from Hamlet. In Is context to the fact that <laughs> people that look at Ernest uh-huh. would always assume they knew what the humor was and what he was about before ever watching it. Sure. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about Ernest P. Worrell. Oh, I've heard of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Something that uh, people from a certain age group probably know very well. Yeah, I would say anyone that grew up in the 80s and 90s are probably Probably familiar. pretty familiar with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, or with him, I should say. Sure. Uh, and there's a lot of people that are, are younger than that audience mm-hmm. that missed out on right. the, the genius that was Jim Varney. Well. And a lot of the groups that are going to be slightly older than that, mm-hmm. that saw what I said, the old Southern stereotype of a guy in a denim vest. You know, and the 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 reciting the, lines from him. Well, that's the misconception of it, though, because it's I, right. it's literally it's Jim Varney, and he would do that. It is an earnest character. He would be up there and saying things from history and from Hamlet and other these, and people are just dismissing it because it's some dude in denim vest. Right. I was going to say, is that a stereotype? Because I don't I don't think I've heard. <laughs> well, that it was stereotype his before. mocking the stereotype. Okay, I see. I yeah, you. because people would they would look at Ernest and they would hear the Kentucky accent. Right. Hear that? No one Weaver. Uh huh. And immediately, oh, it's just. It's hick humor. Right. Much like Chevy Chase, uh, when he was interviewing uh, Jim Varney, when he was getting ready to play the character Jed Clampett when the movie was getting ready to release, Mm -hmm. and he was on the ill-fated Chevy Chase show, (laughs) and he said, well, well, you're hillbilly, right? You got some of that hillbilly in you. Uh Because Jim Varney sitting there with his very deep Kentucky accent. Right. Completely ignoring the fact that Jim Varney is a classically trained actor that can recite Shakespeare from memory Uh and was an amazing, amazing character actor. Yes. So we're going to go into the day a little bit about Ernest P. Worrell. Sure. And his history. Yeah. So what was your first introduction to Ernest when you were a kid that you can remember? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Probably watching the Hey Vern, It's Ernest TV show. Um, was it on CBS, I want to say? Yes, yes right? it was. Yeah, so watching that Saturday or Sunday mornings, whichever day it was on in yeah, my Saturday. market. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember vaguely talking with some of my friends in, ooh, I want to say kindergarten, first grade, second grade, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. elementary school, um, about this weird show that we were watching and how it didn't make any sense, uh, but we laughed at it anyways. Um, and we never knew who Vern was <laughs> because there was Ernest who was always just talking to his buddy Vern. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that was a lot of people's introduction to the character that hadn't seen him in commercials. Sure. The character itself started way back in 1980. Uh, okay. They were doing a production. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a production. It, was, it started out with a, hand, a shot of handheld films or <laughs> handheld camera films okay. that were done for a ill-fated uh, amusement park uh, in, I can't remember what part of Kentucky it was now, but it was an amusement park they were trying to retrofit, they were trying to do it, and the very first Ernest commercial was introducing the Dallas Cowboys to that amusement park as a part of a promotion. Okay. 
and uh, it, it just kind of snowballed from there. People, the the amusement park failed, but the commercials were a huge success. Hmm. And in fact, the amusement park closed before the entire ad campaign with Ernest oh. was completely done. That's um, that's very unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> but. For Jim Varney and crew, it was, you know, a blessing disguise. Sure. They actually got to go on and do a whole lot more. They started doing uh, more local ads, more, you know, mm-hmm. just a snowball from there mm-hmm. to where they were doing local ads on a national level. To where they, huh. yeah, it was uh, in the, some of the guys would say, uh, said that Jim Varney, uh, just because of how amazing of an actor he was, sure. he had a photographic memory and they would just hand him a stack of 25 reads for something okay. because it'd be the same commercial 25 times for, for 25 different markets. Sure. So he would go through the scripts and then do them one after the other, after the other, after the other. And every time get his lines perfect, his advertisements are perfect, just boom, 25. All right, what's the next one? Huh. And just go on to the next. And they, they'd film sometimes 50 commercials in a day for just these local spots for, you know, Edna's Grocery in this place. Mm-hmm. And then it's a Safeway ad in another and then a Ralph's ad somewhere else. But it's all for Green Giant peas or something, you know, just okay. for whatever it was. And, huh. you know, they're doing it on a local level. And all just starring Ernest. Yeah. Ernest, huh. and, Ernest and his friend Vern. Okay. It was just the cameraman. Was Vern, whoever happened to be behind Vern the camera Vern is the, the cameraman. Well, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> well, Vern is you, if, if nothing else. Uh, okay. it just it's it, One of the things that Jim Varney used to always say uh, about the character of Vern, or Ernest, excuse me, was that everybody knows somebody like that. And in this way, Ernest is a stack of stereotypes. He's an amalgamation of surface-level southern traits played on screen with firsthand familiarity and comedic exaggeration. Okay. So he's kind of playing that guy that, like, there's a little bit of earnest personality mm-hmm. that you know somebody like that. Mm-hmm. No matter what part it is, you know somebody like, okay, that reminds me of so-and-so. Yeah. But it's in that way, it's also familiar. Like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Okay. And you uh, remember the It's ads. my uncle that knows everything. Yes. Yeah. One of those. Or it's like, oh, it's my cousin that stuck his fork in a light socket. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, just depending on what, what, what you want to look at, it, you know, it's just that relatable character. Right. And it's something that spoke volumes for Jim Varney's character acting mm-hmm. because he was able to portray that character so well and it stuck in everybody's mind. Yeah. So, but he, he'd play, he was a great character actor. He had gotten to start well before doing Ernest. He had been doing stage productions since he was a kid. Uh, yeah, he, earlier this week, you actually shared with me uh, a, a, like a news clip or whatever of him doing Shakespeare. Yes. Just like on stage. And yes. It was like, I, I didn't recognize Jim Varney as Ernest when I was watching that clip. It was yeah. so incredibly different. Yeah. When he was, I believe it was 15, he started studying, like seriously studying acting and okay. uh, was performing Shakespeare at the Barter Theater in... Abington, Virginia. I don't. I, that's what the sure. information I got. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was he was performing that super early on. Uh, did a lot of character acting and things like that. Studied a lot of plays. Did a lot of plays. Uh, was there was a like a Wild West Village kind of thing? One of those that very close to the theater he was training at. Okay. They would go over there and perform characters and things like that for the Wild West Village. And he was one of the more popular actors that when he was doing his thing, because he was such a good character actor. And with that Kentucky accent, he was just able to pull off those Wild West, those hillbilly funny characters that people absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And after that, he was doing stand-up. 
Uh, he did various characters on different uh, TV shows. His real big first break, though, uh, was he was a member of the Johnny Cash and Friends TV show huh. back in 1976. Okay. I don't that remember was, that one. Yeah, it was a little before our time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's where a lot of people recognize him from there from a slightly older generation okay. than us, is that they'll see him from that and then uh, an occasional guest on like Hee Haw and stuff like that, okay. where he was, you know, for the adults, they would recognize him there. And then when they had kids, they'd see him from that. Right, right, right. From the work that he was doing for kids. Hey, Vernon's Ernest. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the TV show was, uh, it ran for, I believe, three seasons. Okay. Uh, it was a sketch comedy show. Yes. Yes, it <laughs> a was. Very, a very wild, wacky, weird sketch comedy show. Oh, man. Show. So you shared some clips of that with uh, with me earlier this week as well. Uh, just some clips you found on YouTube. Yeah. and um, Which you can find. Uh, it, unfortunately, there's not like collected versions of most of this. No. Uh, there were some that were put out on DVD by Buena Vista. It was mostly just collections of commercials back in the 90s and late 2000s. Oh, interesting. But like, I, I haven't been able to find, and there, there's somebody out there, if you know, definitely let us know on social media, but I haven't been able to find actual collections of the TV show or his other works that aren't just on YouTube. Right. Because he did lots and lots and lots of character acting stuff that wasn't just earned. Ernest. Sure. Um, I mean, there was the uh, one of the things that he did in the 80s. It was the Young Bucks uh, hunting uh, education videos where it was just literally just safety education videos for kids where he was playing himself, Jim Varney, mm-hmm. and talking about his cousin. And his cousin was, uh, I believe it was Jimbo. And he had, you know, just your typical stereotypical idiot Southern hillbilly okay. type. Sure. You know, just, yeah. Just, did, to the nth degree. Did and he, Jim Varney, Jim Varney also played Jimbo? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. It was his cousin Jimbo. Oh, what's he up to now? Then I immediately get the backwards coonskin hat on uh-huh. and like, you know, just absolutely ridiculous things that he was doing. Yeah, okay. and very much in the earnest character, but not being earnest because they were sure. teaching gun safety. They didn't want to equate something that kids were seeing as earnest, who was more of a character you wanted to emulate and he was a good guy and a friendly right. guy. And not necessarily emulate, but... Ernest was the guy next door, though. Yeah. Right? And they wanted to make a dis- distinction so because it was gun safety videos. Sure. Like, don't yeah. be this guy. Right. This is the, you know, here's yep. the good guy. This is the bad guy kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he did a lot of things like that and then continued to do commercials through his entire career. But the show itself with the sketch comedy is just bizarre if you can find it on, some of it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, it's like the only the only phrase I could pop in that popped into my head this week to, to describe try to describe it was like, ADD theater because which not and I don't mean that in a negative way but like it's a sketch comedy show but the sketches are all chopped up yeah and edited in such a way where you don't get more than like 30 seconds Jim Varney just plays a ton of characters throughout the show yeah it's it's him and a few other guys and they're doing right. uh, multiple characters each or not even a character it'll be like the one I sent you was the uh, the part one of the food episode right so it's all the characters it's all the, all the people in the neighborhood trying to uh, compete for like a yeah a, a they would have like contest. an overarching story it would right. be like the main thing that the episode would be about and then there would be a bunch of little clips mm-hmm. just kind of having to do with the story but not really but kind of and then right. like having to do with the subject a little bit but in 10 minutes there were like a hundred clips <laughs> like and I'm, I'm I'm maybe exaggerating a little bit but a, it was a little it was, but not by a whole lot it was in 10 minutes there were at least 25 clips like most of them were under 30 seconds and to be fair some of them are were commercial transition clips sure like uh, one of the ones they used a lot for the commercial transitions was the Dr. Otto uh, for the users that you don't know uh, if you uh, google Dr. Otto and uh, Jim Varney you're going to see a character in 
a costume made of trash, more or less, <laughs> tinfoil and like random things off the back of your dryer. It just anything they could find that had a, like kind of a, a, a foil or metallic look to it. Um, I believe think there's like a, a, a spaghetti strainer on there, and you know, so, yeah. and somebody uh, coming from the back of him putting their hand on top of his head so that the fingers will wiggle to where it's just like an actual like a thing type from Adam's family hand on top of his head, and he's just a weird mad scientist that has a very unique laugh and. And yeah, and there were like purple lights, like he was lit. Yeah, in he was lit in purple, so, just all in black and silver. So right. he looked kind of evil, but his evil machinations were always like putting, I mean, yeah, putting pudding in your you know socks or something. It was just it was right. yeah, completely completely ridiculous in, that he would be doing. And or you know, uh, I think his his food idea was putting uh, like salmon in French fries or something. It was something. something like yeah, that, just yeah. It was like what? Yeah, <laughs> just but enough for your kid to go ew, gross. Right. You know, and boom, you're at commercial now. Yep. And uh, there were other sketches that were just bizarre too. That uh, they they did something that I would. S- I'm still trying to find out if the, there's any connection between the two of them. Okay. Uh, there's a sketch specifically in that food one uh, that I had sent you. That yes. uh, it's a cabbage. Okay. Just in the screen, and all of a sudden, eyes and a mouth appear on it. Right. Yeah. And it starts singing a song about being a vegetable and about how they're good for you and you should eat your vegetables. But it is so weird and creepy. Yeah. But it screams for if anybody else has seen these, you'll know what I'm talking about immediately. The Thumb Wars, Thumbtanic, the Bat Thumb, where they made the movies and little <laughs> little TV show things where they were making little thumb figures and then superimposing the eyes and mouth over them and doing the acting. It looks exactly like that. I mean, it even does. the mannerisms for the face and the eyes and everything look like some of the actors that did the thumb stuff. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if maybe some there's there's some correlation, some connection somewhere that I've been able to find yet between the two shows. But it was definitely way ahead of its time for certain things like that. Well, yes. It also, like, and I don't, again, I don't mean this disparagingly. I'm just, no, there's yeah, no yeah. other way to describe it. It looked kind of like a low-budget Muppets thing, right? Oh, it was. The show had no budget. Right, right. And I don't, uh, you know, like, it's just, hey, if they have if they don't have the budget to make a bunch of not-Muppet vegetables that sing and laugh at you, right? Like, yeah. hey, like, yeah, let's take a photo of a cabbage and put some eyes and a mouth over it and do the best we can to do this same type of thing. It's just going to look this way. But because it was an actual person's eyes and mouth it looks super creepy it does but at the same time it like you can't take your eyes away because you're like what is going on and you're just singing the song i am a vegetable <laughs> like you're just like what the heck uh but there were tons of memorable characters from that show some that w- went on and were f- pulled from his movies some mm-hmm. weren't uh one that was specific to the show was the dust bunny which was an actual puppet yes that uh it was just Again, because the sketches were so quick, Vern or Ernest would come in and say something, and all of a sudden you hear, ah, and then all of a there would be this dust bunny, right, which up on looked top like of the a counter, big or, or, gray puffball with some bunny ears. It, it looked like a dust bunny with a yeah. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it really yeah. did, and you know, it would say some kind of thing to set. Ernest on the right track and then sneeze and disappear again and then Ernest would do say something stupid and you go to the next sketch. Right. Uh, then we there were the two brothers, Chuck and Bobby. Oh, right, yeah. Who were, and I don't know, I haven't been able to find an exact reference for it to see if they were, but okay. they feel and act very much like a Penn and Teller 
Yeah. Type of character. Where the one is very loud and talks yeah. a lot and the other yeah. one doesn't and, say And I don't anything. know if they were supposed to be an homage to Penning Teller or if they were more of an homage to like the Bob Newhart show with the, this is my brother, you know, my name's, oh, yeah. you know, with the brother Daryl and Daryl and Daryl uh-huh. or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not sure how, what, what it was, but it, it was definitely for that. Okay. Or something like that, I should say. Sure. And the characters themselves were always fun. The one I sent you, mm-hmm. uh, they, they decided they were going to make baked Alaska for the <laughs> neighborhood bake-off. Yes. So they went to Alaska to dig up a piece of Alaska. Right. So they could bake So it. they could win the bake-off. Yes. Uh, but those were two characters that were in several of the movies. They weren't in all of them, but they were in several of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and along with Vern, I think those those ones were probably the ones that were used, the actual characters that were used the most. And the, uh, the, the grandmother. We'll get to her in okay. a second. Because okay. that's a whole other story. Like weird thing when the earnest continuity, right? right. Uh, but then he had several, several, several characters that he would perform mm-hmm. and, and do. Uh, mm-hmm. He always had different pets, um, a series of different dogs. In the movies, it was Rimshot. Yes. Uh, in the TV show, it, it was it would vary from dog to dog to type to type. Uh, okay. There was a loose continuity at the beginning with a dog, and then she had puppies, and then it kind of just okay. You know, when you're doing a sketch show, you forget stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when, when there's 300 sketches in a 22 minute show. Yeah, it's really easy to you know which ones did we do which ones didn't we do yeah. what, what ended up on the show episode? yeah, yeah. And, and then you also wonder some of them because if you find some of the episodes it looks like they did occasionally reuse little brief sketches and things and, you know, and, yeah they may have and, which makes sense you're, yeah. if you're throwing 300 sketches at somebody in 30 minutes <laughs> they're probably not going to remember next week if they saw one of those 300 little mini sketches honestly in the 10 minutes that I watched I don't remember all the sketches that I saw yeah because they were just coming so and not again I, none of this I'm saying disparagingly but it, like it was all coming so fast that like it was by the and time can, I was starting to settle in like okay cool we're here boom we're at the next one yeah and some of them the jokes were so quick and if you weren't paying attention you didn't <laughs> get it and a lot of them were aimed at adults that kids wouldn't have understood at the time that's very true uh, for instance there's one that it, it's it, it physically made me have to stop the video because I was laughing so hard when I caught it the it was the, they were doing like the history of food and it was mm-hmm. the first pizza delivery in the caveman times yes yeah you know, that was kind of funny and then they do the next one it's Roman times for right. the, the second pizza delivery <laughs> and the guy you know and he Hail says Caesar salad yeah, yeah. He's like, all right I got 25 or no it's it's I got five Caesar salads and he holds up a peace sign yes and then does the X and, the, and I got 10 pies yes would have never caught that as a kid. No, no. But just but, hearing the surfer accent and then him doing the peace sign and then the X for talking about the it just it right. killed me. It absolutely killed me because the peace sign looks like a V, which is the yeah, Roman the f- numeral five, for five, and then, and the, then the X, X for, for the number ten. 10. Yes. It, but I I would never have caught that. No, as No, I don't know that I would have caught it as a kid, but I did catch that uh, as as I was watching it. I was like, that's that's really smart humor. Yeah, that's a, and it, but it, it's. And it's, it's, it's like that. Quick. It's they gone in a flash. They don't draw attention yeah. to it. It's if you're listening just, to it, you're not going to catch it. Right. You got to actually be like, oh my God, did he just, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and at the first, the, so the first time he holds up the, you know, I got five of these and he holds up the, his two fingers. And I was like, why is he saying peace? Or why is he holding up two for five? Because he's not supposed to be stupid. He's just a surfer. And then he did the 10 where he crossed his two index fingers. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's just little things like that that you don't catch. Uh, earlier in the episode, uh, Ernest is going through his list of different uh, favorite foods that mm-hmm. he planted. And, you know, he's got things like carrots and green beans mm-hmm. and cauliflower, broccoli, bologna. And it's like <laughs> he goes through this huge list of all these things that you actually plant. And then bologna is in the middle of there. You're just like, wait, did he just say bologna? What the? And he goes right past it without, without mm-hmm. flinching, not even doing anything. 
And then some of the those nice just kind of wordplay jokes, right? Like he had an eggplant. Yes. And it was just like a little shrub with some eggs on it. Yeah. And the, the hey, Vern, you know how to tell if the eggplants are ripe? You squeeze them a little bit and crushes the egg in his hand. And, and does his yoke everywhere. Yeah, and his stereotypical, ew. And then just kind of wipes it off a little bit and whistles and keeps watering the plants. It's just, it's fun little things like that. That, yeah. that works for a kid. Yes. But at the same time, it works as an adult because you're just like... This is the dumbest thing I've seen, but I can't stop smiling. Right. And that that's kind of the earnest character in a nutshell, I feel like. is That's, yeah. It's just stupid, and you can't help but smile because it's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but fun and endearing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, very much. I didn't dislike any of it. It's just, you know, it. it, it I was not prepared for how fast all of those gags are going to be coming at me. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of... Uh, and uh, they actually say this in several of the movies that, uh, you know, Ernest refers to me. He's like, you know, I'd probably be dead if I wasn't so much to a, or so close to a cartoon. It, <laughs> it, it really was. It's, it's a lot like the humor in the old Warner Brothers cartoons where they'd kind of throw a bunch of things at you real quick while they're talking. Sure. And you're just like, wait, what did Daffy Duck just say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what just Same time, there's a sight gag for the kids because he's like, you know, shooting Porky Pig or whatever. Right. But, you know, the humor he's talking about is Dragnet and he's, dra- you know, just <laughs> it, there's completely different humor depending on if you're an adult or a kid. And, and they throw those things at uh, coincidentally a couple weekends ago I watched one of the naked gun movies because I just saw that it was on Hulu yeah and that was kind of the same thing where like I actually had to stop halfway through the movie and just be like okay this was a lot real <laughs> fast right and again visual gags for for some things and and just real quick wordplay for another and just jokes coming at you as fat like faster than you can comprehend them yeah and uh, yeah Ernest was was I, and I think that that goes to show like the the intelligence of the writing and the intelligence of the performance because they're just throwing things at you and they're just there right? yeah and they don't they don't necessarily give you time to breathe um, you know as as someone that grew up watching a lot of sitcoms with laugh tracks like there wasn't time for the audience to laugh no definitely not just like go 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 and uh it it was it it's fun it's a lot of fun yeah and the the humor for the show was also evident in the movies yes Uh, the show came about because of the success i believe yeah it was the success of of ernest goes to camp Okay. Uh, that movie was made, uh, I believe, let me double check the numbers here. Yes. It was produced for $3 million. Okay. And made $23.5 million at the box office. So that's a unadulterated success. Yes. Because they made seven times their production budget. Yeah, they, and it was one of those <laughs> things they went, we'll give you some money, go ahead, try it out. Yeah. And then it became a huge success. And they went, oh, well, if you can make movies for that much, uh-huh. we're just going to keep giving you that little and keep making stuff for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of created the, and that was the same mindset that they had with the TV show. Okay. They like, okay, yeah, we'll give you a TV show. We're not really going to give you a budget, though. Sure. And then and it, it was successful. Yeah. Kids loved it. I mean, I, I still remember it to this day. The, when I heard the theme song the first time, I immediately started singing along with it going, oh, my God, how do I... How is that still in my brain? <laughs> yeah, and it was not in mine. Uh, I, like I said, I, I know I watched this this weird sketch comedy show as a kid with with this you know Kentucky guy talking to the camera, calling it Vern, and I just I I know I watched it. I know I watched it a lot because for years I I just know what I mean and just you know hey Vern it's Ernest yeah. and, and well and they played like, the the t- movies all the time they when sure we were did kids. yeah like, and that was yeah. one of those things Ernest was kind of a staple in the 90s especially after mm-hmm. the TV show was done and there were all the movies that they could put on there I mean Ernest goes to jail and Ernest goes to camp were 
and Ernest Saves Christmas. Yeah, all the time. All I mean, yeah. Ernest Saves Christmas every holiday season. And the other two, like anytime they needed to fill a spot on a yeah. weekend and during the day, well, yeah. Ernest movie. Yep. So yep. you'd see those. But the the Ernest Goes to Camp uh, was in 1987. Three million dollar budget made 23.5 million. Uh, that next year, when they started the TV show, he actually won a daytime Emmy as uh, the outstanding performer in a children's TV series. Oh, fantastic. So he did win an Emmy for that. Okay. Um, he was also nominated, even though the movie was a huge success, mm-hmm. he was nominated for a Razzie. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, as the worst outstanding new or yeah, the worst new star in 1987, even though his movie made a lot of well, was, was one of the on paper the biggest successes of that year. It didn't make right. the most money that year, right? But not, com- not highest budget, grossing, but, yeah, right. budget comparative. The fact that it was only in theaters for like four weeks, oh, wow. and it was in the top five for three of those weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, it, it, you know, it was it was a limited release. It was a short release. It was a very low budget movie. It was one of those like it just had a lot going against it. Yeah, and it ended up making gangbusters. So, um, so I watched Ernest Goes to Camp this week excellent. in preparation well, for this episode. Quickly tell us, we, we decided to do this episode because right. of something that happened with you. Uh, yeah. So um, unfortunately, as, as I, I'm sure I've alluded to on the show before, my dad passed away a few years ago. Um, and I, I've had a couple of boxes of my dad's stuff um, just sort of sitting in my bedroom next to my bed. And I just haven't you know, necessarily had the heart to touch it or some of it is just you know, life getting in the way and just being busy. Um, and a couple weekends ago, I was just like, you know what? Like, I, I want to start clearing some of the stuff out, right? And what CDs are in here that I want to keep and what is stuff that I just is you know, stuff to get rid of, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there were some movies in there. And, and uh, I had bought my dad almost the entire run of The Sopranos uh, from a blockbuster that was closing. Oh, wow. And so uh, every disc, <laughs> like, like I was, I think I was missing like three discs and the last season. Um, oh man! But it was each disc cost a dollar. So, <laughs> like for like twenty bucks, I got my dad almost the entire series. Um, Good show, by the way. Yeah, Side note. yeah, yeah. I know that's off topic, but yeah. Um, and so in this stack of DVDs and movie uh, CDs and, and DVDs and stuff, um, there was a three pack that I didn't know he had or that I had taken um, still in the shrink wrap and it was a th- it was it was Ernest goes to camp Ernest goes to jail and Ernest scared stupid and it was like well yeah and it was super just weird because we had had a conversation right. like you had a mentioned, few days before about yeah, Ernest and yeah. like like oh yeah maybe we should talk about him sometime yeah and then boom yeah, and then last week, Drew Nolasco decided, hey, I can do the episode right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah let, let's do that. Which ended up working out because it gave you a little more time to watch, you know, a little bit more. Right, artists yeah. And actually absorb those movies a little bit. But I yeah. thought that was a fun way for the universe to, to get involved and be like, hey, know hey, what I mean? Hey, you should do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was literally the universe, universe going, hey, know hey, what I mean? Hey, Vern, watch these movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ernest scared stupid, or Ernest goes to camp. Yes. Um, I kind of liked the best out of the three of them. Um, and it may That's have, fair. it may have been, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know that it was necessarily the best one, but, uh, when I was watching it, I, in the opening credits, it said, you know, guest starring so-and-so and so-and-so and people I didn't recognize and Scott Menville. And I was like, Scott Menville. And I went to IMDB on my phone and pulled it up real quick. I was like, yeah, it's the same Scott Menville that, um, you might recognize as the voice of Robin on Teen Titans or Mati on Captain Planet, uh, or as the whatever guy on Full House. Yes. Uh, Kimmy Gibbler's boyfriend in all of like three episodes. Um, also the guitarist for the band Boy Hits Car. Oh, um, okay. 
who did once did WWE Superstar Lita's theme song. Um, so Turn around with that. Yeah. The show he's on, Teen Titans, has actually done earnest references a couple times in the Teen Titans Go version of it. That's fantastic, and I'm sure that that's on purpose because of him. More than likely, yeah. yes. Yeah. Huh. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, cool. Like, here's an earnest movie that I'm going to be watching as research for the pod. And like... I get also baby Scott Menville, like little tiny Scott Menville. Uh, his voice hadn't changed, so if I didn't, if I hadn't seen his name in the credits, I wouldn't have recognized yeah. him. Um, but he plays the character. Oh, I forget his name, but he's he's you know the the denim metal kid with the spiked wrist yeah. uh, wrist gauntlet. Um, he's the cool kid. He's one of the cool kids. Um, yeah, yeah, and so. It, the formula was just Ernest was the what janitor at the camp or whatever. Yeah, he was like the maintenance guy. Just, yeah, he was, you know, if something's broken, I'm gonna go fix it. Just kind of the the not a counselor, but he right. Part he, of the his staff. goal was to become a camp counselor. Yes. Um, and you know they were like, well, Ernest, you know, you're good at what you're good at, but you're a Kentucky redneck, so we're not gonna pay much attention to you or take you seriously. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's actually a little bit more meta than I had realized while I was watching. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the story for Ernest for all his movies. That's very true. It's, he's very much the guy that means well and wants to do the right thing and, and be a good but everybody just kind of dismisses him because he's Ernest. And in fairness, he's a little klutzy in all of the movies. Well, yeah. So I, I can understand, you know, maybe the guy that's trying to, to clean up, uh, for example, your, your bank floor, right, your, the lobby in the bank, like – you know, knocking everything over and just, you know, causing $100 <laughs> in property damage when he's just supposed to be mopping. Like, yeah, maybe you don't promote that guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, Ernest Goes Camp was a lot of fun. Uh, and then there was the, 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 you know, the conflict in the movie was there was a um, business tycoon type who was trying to buy the land that around the camp because there might have been a rare mineral. Yeah. Um, some sort Fairly of typical rock. 80s, the, right. you know, the early then, environmentalism, you know, right. movement with the, he, we're going to do the mining for resources is the bad part and we're going to, you know, s- right. easy concept, easy hero's journey thing to put in there. You got your yeah. bad guy, you got everything you need, you got Ernest's and it all worked. And then Ernest, you know, of course, turns the bad kids around and, and makes them all excited to save the yeah. camp that they hated going to. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's a happy, fun time. Uh, was it Camp Kikiki? Yes. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the real camp that was filmed at is actually still there. Oh, it's, fantastic. I don't know if they still use it. I know the campground and everything is still there. Okay. Like the the, <laughs> the notorious outhouse building the, mm. with the toilets, mm-hmm. that's still there and everything. Like it's Yeah. People, <laughs> you can you look it up on YouTube. You find people that are like, hey, I'm at the artist camp. You know, just putting yeah. stuff up on, still on Instagram and things like that. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. So, so that one was a lot of fun. Um, the best parts of the movie were definitely parts where Ernest was on screen. Oh, yeah. Um, which is just true about all of them. Uh, <laughs> and then I thought I would watch Ernest Scared Stupid, uh, which is, of course, a Halloween special. Um, uh, man, and I know I I didn't realize how, lo- how low the budget was going into it, but yeah. um, it uh, that movie was super rough to watch. It just, it's not, again, the, yeah, the good parts of the movie, the parts where Jim Varney's on screen yeah. is Ernest. And, and the it's rest one of those things, was, uh, for those of you that are listening to this that haven't watched Ernest stuff, go into it with the mindset of knowing that it's all very, very low budget. Like right. I said, his most successful one was made for $3 million <laughs> at a time where that was, like, you can't make right. a movie for $3 million. Right. And it was just, it was, 
everything is super low budget. But that, in my opinion, and this is just you know my opinion alone, I think that adds partially to the charm because they they have to. I think do when what you, they can do. I think when you get a, lo- a bunch of creators and performers who can go, like people who can perform, yeah. people who can who can do it, um, when you give them very limited resources, they're going to find the best way around it. Yeah. And, the and the I problem felt like, with oh, Ernest Scared Stupid is, and this is not, I'm not blaming any of the actors, but it is a bunch of child actors who there's a reason they're in the Ernest movie and didn't make it to like Adventures in Babysitting or anything, right? Like, <laughs> fair enough, fair like enough, fair they're, enough. They're not the best child actors. Um, and, you know, like their parents were probably just pushing them into being anything. And More than likely, and, yeah. And there they were. And even the, the actors that played the parents, you know, there's a reason they were in an Ernest movie. Um, and, and well, I mean, I think they kind of, they, they spent their budget a little bit, I think, uh, Getting old Eartha Kit in there. Well, yes, yes. So <laughs> for that movie, that was I think probably a big chunk of the budget. You're probably not wrong. Uh, that is that <laughs> Who is the was other thing. absolutely fantastic in that movie. That, yes. If nothing else, if you get the chance, watch Ernest Scared Stupid and just the scenes with Ernest Kit, er, Eartha Kit, yes, and Jim Varney where her character and Ernest are going back and forth. And there's one like ten minutes into the movie, so you don't even yeah. really have and to watch a lot. Of I don't it, know how but. true it is. There's you know some conflicting stuff I found online because it's a lot of these people aren't around anymore to even sure, ask but right. uh, some of the stuff that I found was that like their scenes were impromptu they gave them a like okay here's your general thing and these are some of your lines and they just did their thing and that was why they're so just boom 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 fast yeah. back and forth like their delivery just to each other is just so quick and so just and naturally really good yeah like it, it, it's out of place in the movie because can, of how natural and how good it is yeah and you can definitely see the disparity in the acting caliber <laughs> between them and everybody else in the movie because right. the two of them when they're on screen everything you're paying attention is the two of them right so it just it, but with all the earnest movies though it's they're super low budget and you can see that in them mm-hmm. um, I, I I personally like Ernest Scared Stupid the best out of them that's again okay, sure. everybody's got different hey, points on things we're all gonna have different uh, opinions yeah, on stuff the, that one uh, for many different reasons but uh, Ernest Goes to Camp was fun mm-hmm. uh, I liked that one when I was a kid and then I, I was never as big of a fan as Ernest Goes to Jail especially when I was a kid it was okay yeah um but so the, I, the parts I, I liked were the parts about him being like the inventor thing where he, the very beginning when he makes the garbage truck yeah. to try to help him clean up and it's got the mops and everything to uh-huh. wash the roads for some reason. And it's, it's, yeah. it's just this giant like monstrosity and then, you know, he gets stuck inside and the dog has to save him. Little things like that. Those were my favorite parts of Ernest when he was doing his inventor stuff and his yeah. weirdness and, you know, just, just kind of being like Again, that. Again, the best part of the Ernest movies are Ernest. Yes, right? very Any, much Anything so. he's doing is great and I want to watch more of that. And that might be part of the difference is that like because they're low budget they get low budget actors for them yeah but jim varney is so good that like he is above the rest of the well movie. and that's that's where i'm trying to get with the the Ernest goes yeah. to jail movie is through researching this i found a few podcasts from women where they've talked about Ernest goes to jail and jim varney okay. and about how his character in the movie mm-hmm. The bad guy that he plays, because in the yes. movie he plays two characters. He plays Ernest, and then he plays Mr. Uh, oh, I just had a, a, a thought on it. Uh, Ernest Go... Felix Nash. Yes, Mr. Nash. Mr. Nash. And uh, he's very a suave, very, you know, yeah. really, it is, again, showing Jim Varney's character acting. But right. if they didn't have the same face, 
you wouldn't know it's the same actor. Like he's just he's he's that's, yeah, that's fair. And uh, just hearing the, the it's funny to listen to these podcasts and some of the information because you hear these women just like yeah, I didn't expect it. I started watching Ernest goes to jail and you know there's Jim Varney being Ernest and just doing a stupid thing, and then all of a sudden I hear this man just oozing sexuality, and I look at it and there's this. Jim Varney, but with his hair slicked back <laughs> and his no nonsense attitude, and just like, just, I, I think that shows the acting capability mm-hmm. and the credit of Jim Varney himself, yeah, for sure. But one of the reasons I didn't like uh, the goes to jail as much, I think, is the scared, stupid, and goes to camp was because I felt like they tried too hard with the special effects in that one. Interesting. Like, there's a scene where, and I apologize, spoilers if you don't want to be spoiled yeah, on spoilers an, for on, a year yeah, old movie, exactly, yeah. but. Just in case, spoilers, that's for the end of Ernest goes or goes to jail, just in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part where he gets electrocuted again and is, f- like, floating and defying gravity. Okay, yeah. It, it, was just, it was just green screen or blue screen at the time. Sure. I can't remember how, what it was called. But, uh, you know, you can see it was superimposed and it wasn't real well done. And I felt like, the, as even as a kid, I was like, eh. You know, just, uh, yeah, and even, whereas, even as, the shot in the beginning where he gets electrocuted, um, there, he's jiggling around being electrocuted, yeah. but they added so much electricity to it that it actually made it look looks more like a fake. cartoon. Yeah, yeah. and I, it's earnest. It's supposed to be cartoony. Yeah, but it, it was but too it, much. Yeah, it felt too much. Whereas I feel like his physical comedy is where you need the cartoony and less right. of the actual special effects. Well, and, and that's where I felt like you didn't need the electricity. He sold it just fine. Yeah, like you could see under it like he's selling it just fine. Yeah, and then they add the special effect over it because well, you have to have your special effects. Yeah, right? and I feel like that's where the first one did well, so they gave him slightly more budget and told him to do extra stuff in the second one. Could be, yeah. And they, and then you see goes to or the Christmas one, and it's or actually I'm sorry, the Christmas came before the jail, so okay. it would have been Ernest Scared Stupid after the jail, where you see there's still special effects, but it's more mostly practical effects. Right. I mean, really, except for the very end where the bad guy is sealed back away. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a less spoilery thing, but uh, <laughs> the part where Ernest saves Halloween. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's really <laughs> the only part that's really heavy on special effects of any kind. Yeah, because the rest of it's all practical effects. Even the shots where the kids are getting turned into wood, it's very much just fading from one shot to another. Yeah, which is a very easy camera effect that you can do on. Like I was doing in, in my with my dad's camcorder in the '90s. Well, yeah, I mean it's just one of those things. It, it, I mean, look at just most recent thing that came out, and this is within the first two minutes of the show, so it's not a spoiler. Mandalorian, they do a cutaway when he's fighting some people so that you don't see any gore, you don't see yeah. anything like that, and it's just, it's a classic film technique. You yep. cut away real quick and come back again, and you don't yep. have to waste any money. Yep. Uh, but with the Scared Stupid one, uh, another side note with the budget, they did have less of a budget on that one. Mm. So they actually ended up, the people they used to create the trolls in the movie mm-hmm. actually got the uh, the masks and everything from a movie that they had done before, Okay. which ironically was not for children. In any way, shape, or form. <laughs> it was a movie by the name of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, that movie. Yes. Yeah. About a bunch of clowns coming from outer space and putting people in cotton candy and eating them. Yeah. The only movie that ever gave me nightmares as a child. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. My mom and I used to watch horror movies all the time when I was a kid. She'd uh-huh. get me up. It was kind of our Friday night or Saturday night routine. We'd do like the the um, Tales from the Crypt stuff. You know, mm-hmm. We'd watch a movie, scary movie together and stuff. Never had a problem ever, and except for Killer Clowns from the Outer Space. 
It's the only movie that ever made me wake up with a scared dreamer. Only one ever. Interesting. Those stinking clowns, man. Huh. It was something about the people in the in the cotton candy just rubbed me the wrong way as a kid. That's fair. I mean, the thought of eating your friends and family is pretty gross. Yeah. So, but incidentally, yeah. the clowns from that movie they used yeah. uh, they had a bunch of masks and a bunch of different clowns and everything they used for that. And the mm-hmm. company that they hired to do Ernest Scared Stupid was that same company, and they didn't have enough time or budget to make the full array of troll masks that they wanted to do. Okay. So they were all supposed to be like the main character where they all had anim- uh, animatronics in them were all mm-hmm. to be able to articulate and do emotions and do every different things and the ears, ears wiggle and do all mm-hmm. that. But they didn't have the budget to do it. So they went, just do what you can. Yeah. So they were like, okay, well, we got these molds. Let's use them. Yeah. So they, uh, some of them, allegedly, they just repainted. I wouldn't doubt it. From the Killer Clown stuff. Yeah. And then other ones, they actually remolded and everything to add slightly more uh, okay. sores and putting, you know, make them sure. more troll-like and everything. Right. But yeah, if uh, if that movie, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, ever bothered you as a kid, Boy, howdy. Get ready for something <laughs> when you're watching that. Because that, that got me as a kid when I was watching Ernest Scare Stupid. I think that might have been part of the reason I liked it so much. Okay. because it made me, like, less scared of the clown things. Huh. Interesting. Because just, I, I, I remember there, there was one clown very distinctly has, like, a big bulbous nose mm-hmm. and everything. And it's a super long face. Yeah. And it's one of the first ones you see when they bring all the trolls around. Into and, the and, Ernest and, Yeah. Again. And as a kid, it's just, <gasps> It's the clown. <laughs> I just get freaked out by it. But that movie, uh, it, it was a fun one. And then after that, the Ernest movies kind of got ridiculous. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They 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 kind of put them on the back page, and he. Uh, uh, shouldn't say Ernest, Jim Varney started doing other acting and doing some other things. And it, sure. He, and he was always doing other stuff while he was Ernest. Right. But he got to do some other stuff. And one of the big main profile things that he got to do was Toy the, Story. Well, Toy Story. He was the voice of the Slinky Dog. Yes. I was going to go with Beverly Hillbillies because that was before Toy Story. Oh, yeah. I guess that, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he, when they revived the Beverly Hillbillies, uh, he was playing Jed Clampett, mm-hmm. uh, which he, if you can find a copy of that movie streaming anywhere, watch it. He is great in that movie. So that movie uh, actually happened because of the 1989 Batman movie. Really? I did not know yeah. that. So one of the things about the 89 Batman um, is it proved two things to Hollywood. One, you can make superhero movies and people will go pay to see them. Two, you can remake old 60s TV shows into movies and people will pay to go to see them. All right. And so that's why in the 90s, there was both a bunch of weird comic book movies and a slew of old TV show remakes, right? That's why The Addams Family got a movie. That's okay. why Car 54, okay. Where Are You, got a, uh, got a movie. That's why, like, Dragnet got a movie. Like, oh, all of those old TV show okay. things specifically happened because of Batman 89. Wow. Including the Beverly, Hillbill- Beverly Hillbillies. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I didn't ever put those together <laughs> thinking about Batman of being an old TV show and but, then the movie. I mean, think about it. Like, throughout yeah. the 80s, there was, I mean, there were the four Superman movies. Yeah. And, like, Star Wars at the beginning of the decade. But otherwise, like, what big 80s movies happened that were, like, franchise things? I mean, well, we got, like, the Terminator. Right, but Terminator was original. Rambo. Right, right. but those weren't based on anything. That's right? true. They, they were original to the movie. Yeah. Batman is the reason that we have so many movies that are based on other things now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you can all thank Tim Burton and Warner Brothers for that one. Batman Kills Babies. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry, sorry. Deep Dive Comics. Oh, okay. I just knew Batman <laughs> could breathe in space. So Yeah, Tom King, he uh, likes to throw in their uh, Batman plush toy, and it's a long-running joke in his comics that Batman Kills Babies because the plush toy was recalled in the comics. Oh. For choking hazards. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> 
But yeah, so he did uh, the Beverly Hills Billies. Uh, that was a, a moderate success. It wasn't anything yeah. crazy, uh, but it got him a little bit more recognition. Uh, they did a few more earnest movies that were. They were earnest movies, so... Was that, like, the one where he went to Africa? Uh, that and... was one of the later ones, yeah. They okay. did, like, Ernest Rides Again, Ernest Goes to School, Slam Dunk Ernest, oh, with God. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was probably, like, a, like he had to do charity or something thing for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It was in that time period where he was in sure. trouble. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> who knows? But he, he did a lot of stuff. And in the meantime, he did a lot of character acting on different stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's you can go find a lot of stuff that he was just a small character actor, and he would be in, like, a single scene, but steal the scene away. Oh, that's right. He was in Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. He was. He was Lothar Zog. Co-starring Hulk Hogan. Yep. yep yeah. Yep. The, uh, the uh, final of the Three Ninjas three ninja movies um <laughs> and the one that came like after all the kids in the first ones had grown up yeah so they were like well we want to do a three ninjas movie okay how they're all adults yeah and they just recast everyone and the movie was awful but if you want to see hulk hogan with hair um they did a really good job with his wig on that and it looked natural well hey there so, you go yeah um you know side note just because uh, hopefully hulk hogan's recovering today i saw a thing where he had put out a message about, oh, they just took all this out of my back. It's the old hardware. And there's quite literally like seven, like four inch screws and a bunch of pieces of plastic and stuff. So say what you want about wrestling being fake, but those guys put their bodies through a ridiculous amount. And I'm I'm hoping no matter how you (laughs) feel about the guy that he's recovering. Hulk Hogan was between 270 and 300 pounds during his career. Yeah. And he jumped and fell on his ass to do that leg drop every single night. Yeah. That's going to take a toll on your body, whether you're jumping on, you know, padding or otherwise. Yeah. It it doesn't matter. There's there's a spring. In this, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, dude. <laughs> you go do that for 380 times a year yeah. for 20 years. Yeah, that, right. It's going to your kill back's going to be messed up. Yeah. So. And and that being said, as well, uh, I know that was one of the things Jim Varney he had. You know, he did a lot of physical comedy. Those some some mm-hmm. things, and uh, unfortunately, he ended up developing cancer. Oh, uh, you know, and that that was ended up what ta- uh, took his life in, yeah. in 2000. He died February 2000, unfortunately. Yeah, just and, before uh, his uh, 51st birthday, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was still a couple. They were working on a few other Ernest movies and things like that. He had just gotten done uh, doing most of the voice work for the Atlantis Lost Empire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought in somebody else to finish a couple lines and mm-hmm. to take over the character later. Uh, same with the Toy Story three and four. Somebody else came in to do the Slinky Dog yeah. stuff for him. Yeah. I think they might have used some of his stuff uh, in parts I, of it. But I'm not positive if they they reused any or not. Slinky doesn't say a lot in Toy Story three. Um, there is another actor credited. Yeah. But I know for a fact that at least one of those lines, unless this guy did a uh, the best impression ever, which is possible, um, which is possible, um, one of them was absolutely to me absolutely sounded like a recycled line yeah. from uh, one of the first two movies. So, and, but yeah, hey man, Jim Varney, you know, had his fingers in a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, he was an amazing character actor. Uh, yeah. there's, there's a lot of things that people don't know that he did. Uh, like one of the big things was in uh, 1984, uh, he came on, uh, they, there was having a, a, a press briefing at the mm-hmm. White House. Mm-hmm. And uh, the press secretary at the time for uh, Ronald Reagan uh, said, you know, and now we're going to have, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, I think he said it was P. Varn or something. He, okay. he, used, he used this uh, abbreviation name for his okay. name and everything. You know, uh, we're going to be having come up. He's a deputy. You know, just made up some BS title for him and stuff. And uh, the the small little clip of video you, I can see, you see like the press people I'm like, what is going on here? Like, why are we hearing from this low ranking? Like, what? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he walks out and he goes, man, hey, Vern, what what what, what did you do with my keys? He just starts going off about not having his keys <laughs> and eating his lunch money. And just, he goes on for a good 15 minutes making fun of the president, the press corps, and 
everybody else oh, like no. just doing this huge st- no it, they were all in on it like if you see find the actual photographs for it mm-hmm. you can see the president other people behind him just absolutely dying the press corps dying <laughs> he just did a full as earnest stand-up routine <laughs> as a press briefing in the in the 80s uh, he was an amazing uh, just character actor in the, in mm-hmm. his stand-up as well uh, when he would do do his stand-up, which he did quite a bit of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, Robin Williams was a big fan of Jim Varney's stand-up. Oh, fantastic. Uh, he, he would do impressions and things, much like Robin Williams and a lot of those guys sure, would do yeah. with the, their characters and their impressions. And uh, he, just, he was really well-loved and well-liked and amazing at it. You can find a, f- a couple of his stand-up routines. I think one of them might have been from Dangerfields. I'm not positive, though. Okay. Uh, but just you can find a few of his stand-up routines online. Uh, they're pretty funny a lot of it's dated humor because it was topical humor at the time and some of it might not be relatable but still just seeing the voices you could do and things like that Mm -hmm. it, it was really amazing and finding even just some of the character work that he did on like random tv shows that you're just like wait he was in that <laughs> yeah like, what the heck yeah and then also seeing a lot of the references for Ernest. i mean he, he's touched a lot of different people and a lot of Humor you can see is definitely derived from him. I mean, there's several, several episodes of the The Simpsons where they have fake earnest movies in the background on posters. Yeah, uh, there's a few of them where they're actually having scenes play on the TV from earnest movies that aren't real. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're Beavis and Butthead. There's an episode where they're watching an earnest yeah movie. Yeah, I just there's it just goes on and on and on the the places that you can find references and things like that, and just even to the fact that there's. People just have put out that you know, oh yeah, I put a character in the background in a blue you know blue vest and a gray hat yep. just as an homage to Ernest and just little things like that. He he touched a lot of people and, and did a lot, but uh, we've only got a few minutes left. So briefly, we're going to talk just because we've watched the shows and the movies. Sure, a little bit about some of the characters that he used to play. Okay, um, we we talked a little bit about Doc Otto. Yes, who was his mad crazy mad scientist yeah. thing. Um, there was another character who we briefly mentioned. It yeah. was the old lady he would play. Yes. Now, the old lady was always looked the same. Yeah. But different continuity, it's different character. Okay. In some of it, it's Edna Whirl, his deceased first wa- or second wife. <laughs> All right. Okay. And there's also the Aunt Edna or Aunt Auntie Ned. Auntie Nelda. Edna. Edna, Nelda. Nelda, which is the same character. Okay. But. Different name. Okay. And that was the one where it's in, uh, that character specifically in Ernest Goes to Jail and a lot of the shows, okay. Ernest Cared Stupid. That's when, they, when it's Ernest being the character, it's Auntie, Auntie Nelda. Nelda. Okay. But on the TV show. But, well, no, because no. the TV show, it's it's different too. Yeah, it's, okay. It's just, it's a completely weird like. Okay. So Ernest yeah. played an old lady. Sometimes it was yeah. this character. Sometimes it was this character. And she was the character that you'd always hear with just that dry monotone. Yes. When I was a child. <laughs> yeah. Just would be telling some kind of story about how she's better off with her husband dead and her two children that don't come to see her anymore. Yes. <laughs> it's very dry humor. Yes. Uh, there was also the, uh, the bunny Jeanette Rogers who was the hairdresser character he would play quite often. Oh, sure. That uh, usually had something to do with some type of physical torture. (laughs) (laughs) She'd be sitting there talking about doing manicures or something and have like a a full power drill like Mm -hmm. going on their hand. Just just different things like that. Uh, He had a cousin, Billy Boogie Worrell, uh, who operated at a amusement park. Okay. So he was like a, a, a... uh, Carney, basically, yeah. uh, you know, do those kind of things. Uh, there's Mom Paul world. There was the Reverend world. Uh, there were <laughs> the entire world family. Uh, he had the the Dingus world, which is one of the characters that they just briefly mentioned. That he says uh, he was a potato who came over during the potato famine and went on to become a yam magnet. 
I I literally uh, I, what exactly? <laughs> Stefani P. Whirl is an ant that uh, he would occasionally do as another female character. They would dress up to have these super thick classes that would like she couldn't see things, so it would be like putting like dishes in the toaster and things like that. Uh, just what he, about uh, was it was it uh, Aster Clement? Uh, I trying to remember which one that one was. The uh, the world as you know it guy. Oh yes 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 yes. Your your world as I see it. Yes yeah. yes. Is not quite Thurston Howell impression. With your world as I see it. Yes yeah. The <laughs> compilation of those on YouTube was pretty good. Yeah, uh, and that was actually uh, separate from the TV show and everything. That was something they did. It was actually a mini film series called Your World as I See It. Okay. That was specifically about that character and then the using the Ernest. Oh. As an uh, so did that uh, like analog. run during commercial breaks and stuff? Like no, the, it was something that they just did on a side thing. It was oh. uh, like it was just they're creative guys. Like they're, yeah. they're, there's a lot of things that you can find that uh, John Cherry mentions that were just never released. <laughs> like All right. That just not, so somewhere out there, somebody may have a vault for no, full of unreleased earnest stuff that just nobody knows about. Interesting. Um, but uh, the your world as I see it is something. If you get a chance. YouTube, look that up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's it's about ten minutes, and it's one of the better things that I like. I could point you towards to say show Jim Varney's character actor mm-hmm. capabilities. Just his range, yeah. Just yes, exactly his range because you have the character that's sitting on the couch, and then the the earnest character, and just they're such polar opposites, right? But just seeing his his just yeah, his see, mannerisms, his in voice. That ten minutes, you just, see him go through like eight or nine characters, yeah, and you're like this is all the same guy. Yeah. Right. And this isn't like, no offense to Eddie Murphy, but like Eddie Murphy as the nutty professor and the clumps, like it's kind of the same joke over and over, over again. and over again. And it's kind of the same character, the same voice a little bit. Right. And like, and not trying to take away from Eddie Murphy. No. Cause those are good. Right. But, but this is, they he's playing in comparison to right. a Jim Varney. Right. When it comes to that specific, to the character actor part right. of it, other things, and now we're yeah. going to get angry letters. How dare you speak badly well, of Eddie Murphy? They just finished filming Coming to America 2, well, God I mean, damn it. as a character actor compared to Jim Varney, I got I to give Jim Varney the problems I, on I, that I, one. You're not wrong. Stand up, I, I got to give it to, yeah. to Eddie Murphy. I mean. And if you want to write his anger emails, <laughs> yes. you can send those to atomicmonsoon at gmail.com, uh, or you can go behind some anonymous username and poke at us on Twitter, just yeah, at atomicmonsoon, uh, or you can send us naughty pictures uh, on Instagram at atomic underscore monsoon, uh, or you can just be a dill hole on Facebook. Facebook, uh, and just find us at Atomic Monster. Or you can be nice. You can also be nice to us. And hey, we respond send us, better send to us that. memories you have, Ernest. If there's anything in particular that we didn't mention that you would like us to, to mention in the future, or if you just have a really good memory of Ernest as a kid, or, you know, for me, it was waking up in the morning and listening to that intro and watching <laughs> that cartoon. I, I, I have very fond memories of getting up when it's just three feet of snow outside and going, oh, God. And then hearing that theme song, and, mm-hmm. it's artist and just eating my cereal and just being happy and you know just it's it, it was he was definitely a big part of my childhood and definitely something that formed my humor going for, for on in life yeah because uh, I say you know what I mean way too much <laughs> go back and listen to old episodes you'll hear Josh say it yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's I have to work on it now because yeah. that's terrible that's it's fine <laughs> all right guys uh, we're out of here um, supposedly next week Stephanie said she's gonna be back yeah we're hoping and uh, we're gonna talk some Star Wars yeah a little bit of with all the stuff coming out Mandalorian the mm-hmm. new movie and mm-hmm. all that so it'll, it'll be interesting we're, yeah. we'll talk a little bit of the the space wars know what I mean 
Exactly. Have a great <laughs> week, everybody. See you later. This is Astor Clement choking on your world as I see it. <laughs>